from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time Senator Eric Schmidt from the great state of Missouri. Senator Schmidt, thank you, sir. I saw you speak here in New York at the uh, John Katsimatidis event, and uh, you were terrific. And I know you've been on the well, TV. I know you've been on the TV show. We want to get you back on the TV show. So what are you thinking about this Trump story, sir? What what, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, for, well, first of all, let me say, you've got to be one of the hardest working guys in the business. I mean, every, the TV or the radio you're on, which is great, been a great asset uh, to the country. So Thank it's you. great to be on with you on the radio. Um, well, my assessment of this is it's just a political prosecution, right? It's a, mm. it's a prosecution in search of a crime, a Soros-funded DA, who doesn't do anything about violent crime in New York City is is using this to score political points, and it's incredibly dangerous, Larry, for for the country moving forward. I mean, if this is, you know, we're going to be prosecuting political opponents. Uh, that's third world banana republic kind of stuff, yeah. and uh, I think I think most most Americans see it for what it is, but it's uh, obviously it's a mess and uh, and, and a joke. You getting any feedback from your uh, folks in Missouri about this? Yeah, people are upset about it. I mean, I think, um, you know, as far as the case goes, I mean, this is the kind of thing that's been passed on. It's past the statute of limitations. There's no, there, again, there's no crime that's being sought here. This is political retribution. Um, and so most people that I talk to just are, are kind of stunned, actually, that this is where we're at now in America, that you've got, you know, a prosecutor who, by the way, ran on doing something like this, specifically to President Trump. And now actually moving forward with that, it's just a uh, it's a very dangerous road. This is the kind of stuff, by the way, if you saw it happening in another country, our State Department would be warning people about it. Mm. And uh, but that's the state of play now. And the Democrats, what's what's amazing, Larry, is we've gotten this is no longer your grandfather's Democrat Party. I mean, they are, uh, believe, you know, we got political prosecutions. I was just testifying in front of the House Weaponization Committee for the lawsuit that I filed as attorney general of Missouri, which was the Biden administration colluding with big tech companies to censor speech. It happened. It was Fauci's regime. It was the FBI, uh, you know, planting the, 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 uh, uh, the seeds of doubt with the big tech companies about the Hunter Biden laptop story, even though they already had the laptop. Um, they engage in censorship. They want to add states to the union. They want to pack the Supreme Court. Uh, I mean, this is, a, this is a very extreme party now with an extreme ideology that doesn't resemble anything of the – old Democrat Party, I suppose. You know, you have to wonder, you talk about the weaponization, which is a really big issue. And um, the good news is you've got some good people in the House, Jim Jordan, uh, Comer, and others who are going after that stuff. I mean, maybe that's where you were testifying. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, I don't see these Democrat prosecutors ever. I mean, why why doesn't Brad go against Hillary Clinton? She's a New Yorker. Okay, she she bleached she bleached out three or four thousand classified emails. Now you could say, well, that was way back in t- whenever it was, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. You know, this um, Stormy Daniels thing goes back to two thousand six. It's fifteen years old. I mean, no, nobody even remembers it except for the fact that this has been brought back by Alvin Bragg. I mean, it's a crazy story. No one cares. People are worried about inflation. That's what the Fox News poll, <laughs> Senator Schmidt, said 90% of Americans, the number one issue is inflation. Not, do- right. not Donald yeah. Trump's, um, you know, 
shall we say, mistakes in life. No, it's, it, and it just shows how out of touch they are, but they're obsessed with it. And I think it represents something larger, right? I mean, I think going after President Trump, people look around and they say, they see all these people doing things. They see, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, look at uh, um, Silicon Valley Bank. You know, you see people getting away with this kind of stuff that there actually should be something done to people, but they don't, they don't pursue those folks, right? But they've got to go after President Trump on this, you know, ridiculous charge, which is a political prosecution. People see it for what it is, which is partisan politics. But you're right. The issues that, you know, I just won my election last fall, right? So, and I ran three statewide races in Missouri in six years. So I've been around a state that you've got, you know, a bunch of different regions and urban and suburban and exurban and rural. And what people care about are those pocketbook issues. Uh, they care about energy costs. They care about inflation. And it turns out, you know this better than anybody, Larry, if you spend trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars and you cut off domestic energy supply, uh, you get higher costs for everything. It's a, there's a formula for it. It's not like a tornado or an act of God. You, you, you know what causes it, and that's exactly what this Biden administration has done. It's made it harder for working families to make ends meet. They pay more every time they go to the grocery store, every single week. And again, it's because of these disastrous policies. And you know, when President Trump was in office and you were, you know, helping shape policy in the White House, we had, you know, wage growth across the board. It didn't matter your race or your your creed or your gender. It didn't matter. Everybody was doing better. Our economy was booming. Um, and we better take it seriously. I mean, serve on the Senate Armed Services Committee, too, Larry. China is the real deal. They are not messing around. They, they're building islands in the South China Sea that are completely and totally militarized now. Um, uh, they're playing for keeps, and we've got to be ready for that challenge. But so, Senator Eric Schmidt, this is great because um, I was very impressed when you spoke at that Katsimatidis event here in New York. You were talking about these issues. Uh, we just had a Fox News poll. Number one issue, 90% of Americans, the number one issue is inflation. We've also seen, Senator Schmidt, uh, a series of polls from the University of Chicago sponsored by the Wall Street Journal that shows, number one, uh, people are very discouraged about the economy. Number two, an extraordinary um, pessimism that spread through the country. Pessimism. I mean, people and 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 also a decline in things like patriotism or a decline yeah. in the willingness to work. I don't know if you saw that series in the Wall Street Journal. It's very interesting. And it's the University of Chicago. It's not a partisan poll. They do social science polling. But between, you know, concerns about the economy and an overall pessimistic view, you know, the, your kids in the future will not do better than you will. Even college education is not something worthwhile. Now, this is the stuff we need to be talking about. And, and I think this is the stuff where Republicans, particularly new Republicans like yourself, need to focus on. The Democrats would love to distract us with these crazy lawsuits against Trump. But we need to talk to the country about a future agenda of prosperity and growth. I couldn't agree more. And the, those numbers were pretty startling in that in that poll. It showed, you know, the, the you know, the folks being polled of how important that, you know, patriotism, that's way down. Uh, religion is way down. Right. The, the uh, desire to start a family, that's way down. Right. What community means, that's way down. Those are big cultural issues, Larry. And I think what we've got to get back to is is this belief. I mean, I think civics, we've taken civics out of the classroom now and replaced it with this really divisive, 
uh, critical race theory that pits students against one another, kids being forced to participate in privilege walks. That's a divisive thing. And what we've got to keep in mind, I think it's so important, is that America is the, is the greatest country in the history of the world because we believe in an idea. We believe that you know, we're born with certain rights. Government didn't give us those rights. They come from God. Government's only purpose is to protect those God-given rights so people can pursue their dreams. They can pursue happiness, which is a very uniquely American idea. And if we get back to that, I think that can unify the country. That's not what the Democrats want to do. That's not what the progressives want to do. It's what the liberals want to do. But that's our path forward so that everybody, no matter what their background is, can achieve great things and actually achieve the American dream. I mean, I grew up in a blue-collar blue area. My dad worked seven days a week in the midnight shift. Mm-hmm. I'm proud that the Republican Party is fighting for working families now. And uh, like you said, I'm going to help lead that charge in the Senate. Senator Schmidt, you got a few more minutes for us. I got to take commercial break. You got a couple more minutes sure. for us because you were yeah, terrific. Yeah. You are so articulate. This is just why I wanted you on this show, and this is why I got to get you back on the uh, TV show. Also, people need to hear these messages. We're talking to Senator Eric Schmidt, uh, Republican of Missouri. He's in his first term, and you can tell folks that he knows whereof he speaks. I'm Cudlow. We'll take a short break. Senator Schmidt will be right back with us to talk some more about a future agenda to help America. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow, and we're talking with Senator Eric Schmidt of Missouri. Senator Schmidt, I'm going to pick up where, where you left off because I think that the Republicans, as we move towards um, the 2024 election cycle for the Senate and the White House and keeping the House, we need... We need a prosperity agenda. We need, uh, you know, to be able to say to blue-collar working folks, whoever they are, whatever their race is, wherever they live, these are working folks who are falling behind of inflation and taxes, and they're living check to check in many, many cases. Ninety percent in the Fox poll, by the way, incredible story. Anyway, sir, we we need a we need a growth agenda. We need a prosperity agenda. Uh, whoever the presidential right. candidate is, uh, you know, we need to get it out of the Senate, too. And you will be a leader of this. But let's talk about this uh, prosperity agenda. Yeah, look, you know this. You helped lead the charge on this. I grew up as sort of a son of the Reagan revolution. I'm 47 years old. Right? So I was growing up and, and I was watching, you know, Ronald Reagan and Pat Buchanan and Jack Kemp and all these, you know, articulating a message that that. You know, for, for everybody, not just for a select group of people, but for everybody. And what we saw was anytime you have broad-based tax relief, it was under JFK or Ronald Reagan or President Trump, mm-hmm. uh, we saw, we saw explosion in, you know, income. And, by the way, if you care about what the revenue to – you broaden the base of the economy. More people are working. More people are making more money. That's the kind of prosperity you want. You can't tax your way into prosperity. Mm-hmm. All we see is like Groundhog Day from Biden in this budget are trillions and trillions of dollars worth of new taxes. Well, letting, by the way, tax cuts for small businesses expire. You know, most companies, as you know, Larry, are not big corporations. Mm. They're, they're small family businesses. These are people, they, they come here or they, they start a business with my grandfather's story. He start, came back from World War II. He started a small butcher shop, right? And he was able to provide for his family. That's how, that's, that's 90% of the, where the jobs are in, in the United States or in these small businesses. We've got to let them have some relief so they can invest in people and their inventory. That's the kind of stuff we need to talk about because it makes that, I'm working two jobs, 
uh, you know, who can't seem to get ahead, it, it eases the burden. She can send her kid to the school that she wants to send her kid to. This is the kind of stuff we need to rally behind. And by the way, the, a lot of the frustration, Larry, I think that you see out there is because <clears throat> there's such a lack of accountability. Uh, because in our system of self-government, the idea is, you know, you spread out this power so that it was, you know, federalism and the different branches of government, separation of powers, so that no one branch or agency or person ever got too powerful, right? It was all meant to protect individual liberty. But what they see right now is the growth of this administrative state mm. where these unelected bureaucrats from agencies you've never heard of mm. have, you know, a massive amount of power over people's lives. We've got to get to that. And one of the things that I want to work on is fundamentally dismantling this administrative state and put the power back, you know, in Congress where you can then, look, if we should have to vote on these ridiculous rules and regs, because if you don't like the way I vote on it, you can send me home or you can send me back if you do like it. Right now, you have no idea who the deputy undersecretary of whatever alphabet soup agency is, and they're not they're not accountable to anybody. We got to put an end to that. Or defund them. Or yeah, that's right. Or you or use uh, West you know West Virginia versus EPA. Unless there's a congressional right. law, right? You were uh, you were attorney general of Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. So you know about this stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, listen, I, yeah, I don't know if you know this. I worked for Reagan. I was OMB deputy. Jack, no, I know. I know. Jack Kemp and, and Art Laffer were mentors of mine, the late Jack Kemp. God, we miss him. Laffer, fortunately, is still around. Uh, but Reagan understood this, too. Trump understood this. Trump's trying to de- – and a lot of the things Trump's talking about recently, you know, before this crazy uh, uh, trial, um, was to go after – the deep state, the so-called deep state, right. both the That's intelligence, right. foreign policy, but also the, the you see Joe Manchin, right? Oh, J- let's all cry for Joe Manchin. Joe figured out that the Inflation Reduction Act, inaptly named, which was such a terrible bill that he voted for. Now he sees that the bureaucratic deep state in the Biden administration is turning it into a big giveaway to green everything. Well, Joe, did you read the bill? I mean, come on. Right. It was right there in yeah. front of him. Now he's writing op-ed pieces against it. What the hell did he vote for well, it for? That's right. That's right. Well, I, that's you know, one of the young, you know, obviously that all the, the great things that the Reagan administration led to, you know, the, 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 the uh, most robust economy that we had. It was a renewal of America. And that, you know, people had hope again. And I think, you know, under President Trump, one of the things that people don't, you know, your team worked on was, you know, they had this two-for-one rule, which, you know, if any agency was going to propose a new rule, they had to pull back two. Mm-hmm. And then guess what happened on day one? Joe Biden just got rid of it. We need to put that into law. And so one of the things I'm going to be fighting, let's put that in law. And why two-for-one? How about ten-for-one or mm-hmm. five-for-one? Whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But that would go a long way, I think, get rid of some of these agencies that, if they ever had a purpose, they don't have it anymore. I was also the attorney general that brought the first COVID vaccine mandate lawsuit, and we won because think of this. OSHA was an agency created to make sure forklifts beat when they back up, not force a medical procedure on 80 million people, but that's what they were trying to do. And so we've got to put a stop to this. And, uh, you know, the RAINS Act is another concrete example, Larry, where essentially, like I said, if an agency is going to propose a rule, Congress ought to have to vote on it. And so, and guess what would happen? Most of this stuff, if it would, would just no one's going to vote for these ridiculous rules. It would, and uh, but they get they get away with it because, and a lot of people in Congress like it that way, right? Because they can say, "Well, I voted for the greatest bill in the world, but I can't believe the EPA did this." 
And we got to put an end to that, put the responsibility back in the Article 1 branch where people are actually accountable and pull this back. So I think if you had you have tax relief, administrative reform, good energy policy, right? We have all the energy we'll ever need under our feet. I'm an all-of-the-above kind of guy, but there's no way we should be begging Saudi Arabia for oil. There's no way we should be begging Venezuela for oil. There's no way we should be sending our strategic petroleum reserves to China. And that's all what's happening under Joe Biden. It's a national security concern, too. And so bringing those supply chains home, I think, makes a lot of sense. But certainly having a good energy policy, good tax policy, and administrative reform would go a long way to providing more opportunity and prosperity for everybody. Uh, Spot on, Senator Eric Schmidt. Spot on. By the way, I mean... Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise uh, have ginned up this H.R. 1, the uh, Lower Energy Cost Act. I think it's terrific. And, by the way, it has all the permitting reform changes. It moves the NEPA permitting stuff back to where Trump had it. This is something that we did at the National uh, Economic Council, you know, six months or a year, no more than two years for any single project. Uh, Biden decimated that, but this bill would bring all that stuff back and it would allow you to drill for minerals. You know, we're going to have electric cars. Let's not do it in China. Let's do it right here, you know, in the Iron Range in Minnesota, for example, near Lake Superior. Anyway, Scalise put this thing together. I was down in Washington on Monday and Tuesday uh, unveiling it or helping him a second time. The first time was on my show. But that's exactly where we need to go. Now, in the Senate, You all should, you know, try to get something going on this. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at Virginia.org. I agree. And one of the things we've been, you know, there there hasn't been a lot happening in the Senate, uh, but that'll obviously change as the year goes on. But one of the things we found is, you know, I'm on the Commerce Committee, too. We were able to sink Gigi Sohn, who was this radical mm-hmm. that they were putting up for the FCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Washington, who had no experience to run the FAA, we sank his nomination, too. So we're doing that with Republicans sticking together, going after these, again, these sort of really radical picks by Joe Biden, but also some Democrats coming along. And we ought to move that stuff forward if we can, because it puts people like John Tester and Joe Manchin and places like that uh, have to make some tough decisions about mm-hmm. where they're going to be. But but more importantly than the partisan stuff, uh, it's good for the country. Like it just there's jobs associated with this. There's independence. Think about if we could if we could export liquefied natural gas mm. to Europe and provide for their energy needs. They're no longer dependent on, you know, some bad actors. It's good for our economy. We should be the world's largest net exporter of energy. Mm-hmm. If we can do it, mm-hmm. we can absolutely do it. It doesn't need to be this way. And so I think that's a that's a that's a great opportunity for the United States of America. And those are the things we ought to be moving forward. I'm glad the House is moving stuff, and we're going to do everything we can in the Senate. I had um, uh, the New Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith on, uh, also from your state. I got yeah something about the water in Missouri. You guys are producing some great public <laughs> servants. Uh, but anyway, you know, um, Kevin McCarthy in his letter to Joe Biden in terms of the budget savings for the debt ceiling increase, included workfare, work requirements, Senator Schmidt, which is, to me, so important. And, by the way, would slash the budget because uh, you get folks, you know, moving from welfare to work. Um, Jason Smith, very keen on this, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. I was thrilled that McCarthy had it in. The Bidens uh, don't want this stuff. They dismantled all those Bill Clinton, Newt Gingrich reforms. 
But I just wondered if you can stir something up in the Senate. Workfare, I mean, not only is it a budget issue, it's really a moral issue. It really goes to the heart. You mentioned the American idea before. I mean, work is godly. The dignity of work is part of the American idea. Right. And, the, and what you've seen really from the Biden administration is a uh, is really an attack on merit. You know, like this idea that mm. that if you work hard enough and you play by the rules that you can succeed. And that, that it sort of undermines what their agenda undermines that that ethos and that at work ethic. And uh, I agree. And Jason Smith, by the way, is a yeah, he's a, a Missouri guy, really smart, another relatively young guy. And uh, you know, I know he's working hard on that committee. He'll provide great leadership. It's just it's, a, it's an opportunity, I think, again, for us to hit the reset button because, you know, the federal government's taking in five trillion dollars. I mean, it, we don't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem and we got to get our priorities straight. Well, all right. Senator Eric Schmidt, you're awful nice. Give us some time on the weekend. We appreciate it. Um, Keep that agenda in mind, sir. You got, you know, I'm, I will. The House is going to do it, but they need bolstering from the Senate. They need bolstering from the Senate, and I think um, that's right. You'd be terrific at it. Thank you very much for your time, folks. That's Senator Eric Schmidt of Missouri. I'm Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show.